0: On third and 15.
1: 20, 15, 10. Oh, he's going to go. Five touchdown
0: Cougars. Down the lane, back to Yo. Yo on the arc, shoots a three and scores it. Yo, tiles for three. To the right, putting a shot on goal. It is a goal
1: for Elise Blake. This is Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And now, here's Greg Rubel.
0: Good Wednesday evening, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio 2 at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah. And another episode of Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel, our weekly hour of in-depth conversations with BYU sports personalities from the past and present day. I am Greg Grubel. It's great to have you with us listening live on satellite over BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 in northern Utah. We are heard on 107.9 FM and 89.1 FM HD2. We are streaming live online at byuradio.org and on the BYU Radio app on demand. You can listen by subscribing to our Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel podcast or by going to byuradio.org again and finding our archives on the Behind the Mic show page. Just look for the Shows tab and you'll find us there. On tonight's edition of the show, it's a BYU football theme as I visit with former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum and former BYU linebacker Cameron Jensen. My interview with Cam is tonight's Catching Up with the Cougars segment brought to you by BYU alumni. We start the program with one of the most highly touted quarterback recruits to commit to BYU and a player who entered BYU football lore with his first touchdown pass as a Cougar. The miracle at Memorial A game-winning Hail Mary to defeat Nebraska in Lincoln back in 2015. From that memorable play, Tanner Mangum went on to have a memorable freshman season, setting rookie record after rookie record in the process at BYU. Through the ensuing three seasons, Tanner experienced the peaks and valleys of a college career. He played in three bowl games, including two bowl wins. He went through a head coaching change. He was a two-time team captain. He completed more than 500 passes for over 6,000 yards and 39 touchdowns. He's one of only 12 BYU quarterbacks all time to have eclipsed all three of those passing standards. Off the field, Tanner was a nominee for the AFCA Good Works team and became a high-profile mental health advocate during his time as a Cougar. Having just concluded his BYU football career, Tanner Mangum joins me tonight. Tanner, thanks for being with me behind the mic.
2: Hey, Greg. Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, let's start by letting listeners know that you're joining us on the phone from California. Can you let us all know why you're there?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm here in uh, Thousand Oaks, California, uh, here at the Mamba Sports Academy. It's um, a facility here that uh, every year they do a a draft, uh, combine prep. And so I'm here with about 25 other guys from, from across the country, from different schools, just training, you know, doing, um, you know, football drills, strength and conditioning, speed and agility work, uh, get, just getting ready for either the combine or the pro day, uh, and, and, and whatever that, whatever that may be. And so, it, it's been a great experience. You know, a lot of, um, you know, great talent here. We're all just working hard, trying to get in the best shape possible to give ourselves the best
0: shot uh, for uh, for our pro days. So, with the combine getting underway this week, are you with some guys who have been invited to the combine?
2: Yeah, so so there's about 25 of us here total, and about 10 of 10 of us, 10 of the guys here are uh, are headed to the combine in, in Indianapolis this week. Um, guys like Dwayne Haskins, Greedy Williams from LSU, Quinn Williams from Alabama, Kel- Kelvin Harmon, receiver from NC State, uh, Stanley Morgan from Nebraska. Just those are some of the guys that are heading to the to the combine this week, and and um, and then the rest of us are just staying here, continuing the training. Um, and, and I'll I'll be here until about mid mid March, and then I'll head back to, to Provo and get ready for the Pro Day, which is March 29th.
0: How's this experience been for you?
2: It's been really good. It's been great, especially being able to work alongside Dwayne Haskins, quarterback from Ohio State.
0: Uh, our our
2: quarterback coach, um, Quincy Avery, he's he's worked with a lot of NFL guys. He, he works with uh, Deshaun Watson, and working so working with Dwayne. Quincy, and then also another quarterback named Amir Hall from a, a smaller school out east called Bowie State. So it's just the three of us with Quincy, and uh, it, it's been really good. Just getting a lot of good work in every day, just fine-tuning little things, tweaking things, you know, making sure that we're uh, we're we're staying sharp with our footwork, our mechanics, and everything, and then being able to get the uh, you know top-of-the-line coaching and training from from these trainers here, mm. working on our 40s and our agility drills. Um, you know, strength work. It's it's been a really great experience for me. Uh, you know, state of the art facilities out here in, in California, and just uh, really really grateful for the opportunity. Really appreciative of the uh, the chance to be out here training with with with, su- with such great talent, and such great coaches.
0: You'll be coming back for the pro days. You noted, of course, your BYU playing career is concluded. But we're going to back up to well before it even began and remind folks that you were not the first Mangum brother to play football for BYU.
2: <laughs> That's right parker you know set the, set the stage back in the day
0: uh he, he, my
2: older brother Parker has always been a role model to me and and so it's always been fun being able to learn from him and following his footsteps.
0: Now, in, in, in basketball and the Olympic sports, many of them at least, uh, BYU is a West Coast Conference member, and 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 while they think of it as a basketball league, there's some football history in the WCC. San Diego still plays it in the FCS, and St. Mary's did until relatively recently. In fact, your brother Parker was once a quarterback uh, and also a pitcher for the Gales, right?
2: Yes, correct. Yeah, so out of high school, he uh, you know the, took, took a scholarship at St. Mary's in Moronga, and this is this is 2003. I was 10 years old, uh, but I remember going to some of his games there there in uh, at, at St. Mary's, and that after that season, they discontinued the football program. So he was he was the quarterback for the last season of St. Mary's football, but he uh, was able, like you mentioned, he was able to keep keep his athletic career going. He, 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 yeah, he pitched, he played baseball for St. Mary's as well before he left for his mission to Italy that summer. And then he came back to BYU, walked on the football team and and finished out his career there. But yeah, little, little, uh, you know, lesser known history. there, playing, playing for St. Mary's back when they had football.
0: And coming full circle a bit. uh, One of the coaches on your side of the ball at BYU, Steve Clark was on that last ever coaching staff at St. Mary's.
2: You're right. that's, That's actually the first time that I've met coach Clark. I was, Nine nine, ten years old, and okay. I remember him uh, and and, and I, not a lot of people know this either, but Coach Clark and my mom are cousins, hmm. so there's some some family relations there as well, well that not many people know about
0: so you're one of five siblings and uh, and one of the amazing things about your family is, and this is such a rarity in any family five all five have played Division one sports.
2: Yes, that's true. That that that's that, that's correct. So Parker at BYU and then my older sister Meredith played soccer at Boise State. And um, older brother Madison played football uh, for a little bit at BYU and then and then spent most of his career at Idaho State. And then myself and then my little sister Abby is currently on the basketball team at BYU. So all five of us playing sports, you know, we we, we, we grew up loving sports, playing you know, I, I grew up playing football, basketball, baseball and you know my my brothers did it all as well my sisters did, you know volleyball soccer you know we, we just we just like anything sports really and um it's uh it, it's fun you know I, I think we, we always grew up very supportive of each other going to each other's games and just kind of enjoying that camaraderie that that sports can provide to a family and you know it, it was it was it, you know it's, it's pretty fun to be able to, to have a dynamic like that within our family within our siblings
0: yeah, to all do it at the D1 level, too, is pretty phenomenal. You came out of Eagle, Idaho as the number one rated QB in the state and one of the top quarterbacks in the country. You went to camps and competitions and showed very well there nationally. Then you went on a mission, and you committed to attend BYU when you came back. Uh, why was BYU ultimately uh, the right choice for you, Tanner?
2: Yeah, I grew up watching BYU football. And, and like from a young age, I think um, I remember being five or six, and I remember watching highlights. This, so this was around 1997, 1998. Um, I remember watching highlights of, of Steve Sarkeesian, <laughs> Chad Lewis in those years. And then I, when I was around eight years old, I remember watching on TV the games with Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, and in and those years. And, I, and so I, just, I grew up watching BYU football. And my, my parents went to BYU. That's where they met. And so they kind of – Indoctrinated us a little bit into becoming BYU fans, and um, but also I was a big Boise State fan. I grew up five minutes from the Boise State stadium, and on weekends growing up, I'd always go to the Boise State games, and then I'd always, you know, we'd always watch BYU games on TV, and so those were kind of my my, my two teams. But growing up, I, I just you know I, I was always kind of drawn to BYU. It was there was always a special Atmosphere there, it was different. It was unique. I, obviously, the spiritual perspective makes it a unique place. Um, the the religious aspect of it, um, but I, I I just felt good. You know, going to the camps there, you know, I, I always felt like it was a second home for me. I, I felt comfortable there. I really enjoyed the people that I that I was meeting, and I knew, you know, socially, spiritually, academically, and athletically, it was you know overall big picture was it was a great
0: place to be how would you describe your mission service to Chile that preceded your BYU career?
2: The mission was life-changing. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's hard to totally explain. It, it's hard to put into words, but it, it, meant, it, it means so much to me. And actually, while I've been out here in California, I've had a lot of opportunities to talk about my mission, to talk about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, a lot of unique missionary opportunities where people are asking me questions about what we believe and what we do and why we do it. And uh, it's cool being able to talk to them about, you know, living in Chile for two years and uh, just just totally putting everything aside, forgetting about yourself, forgetting about football, and just going and serving other people and talking to other people and connecting with, with people from a different culture, from a different country. And, but just being, feeling so fulfilled, feeling so, Grateful for that opportunity to to um, you know focus on others and, and and really lose yourself in the service of others. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, I just, I really enjoyed the connections that I made. It was it was difficult. It was hard at times. It, it, it's not easy, but at the end of the day, it's fulfilling. It's rewarding, and I, and I think because it's so difficult, it makes it makes you appreciate it even more.
0: When you got back from your mission, but before you got to campus. What were your expectations for your freshman season?
2: I think my expectations were to you know first earn the backup position. You know, Taysom uh, was was back and healthy and ready to, to have an amazing senior year. And so I was just you know I, I got home in June, and so I had a couple months to get ready for fall camp. And so I just you know first and foremost wanted to earn that backup that backup spot and get you know get in shape and make sure that I was that I was capable and, and playing as best as I could to earn that spot. And, and then and then um, you know but then I so I, I was able to earn that position but then as a backup you want to be as prepared as you can to be able to play to be able to do, be ready when called upon because you're you're one play away and you got to be prepared physically mentally um, emotionally and then make sure that you're you know you're you're ready to go if, if, if your number is called and I wanted to be um, you know just re- I wanted to have that preparation and so I really prepared myself just, you know to be ready if, if they needed me and um, you know wasn't sure obviously I didn't didn't predict um, that it would go the way it did um, but you know I think that's 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 life and I just try to make the most of of um, the opportunities that came my way
0: so so Taysom goes down late in the opener at Nebraska. We all remember that game and and how it ended. And then your first start against Boise State of all teams. We know how that turns out. That's about as crazy a beginning to a career that any RM could ever have.
2: It was it was it was a um, a unique to say the least. A, a unique welcoming back to college football. But it was it was um, you know it was a little bittersweet. That, that that first game especially you know I, I think it was obviously exhilarating the victory but you know we we, we felt awful for for Taysom. you know he'd already been through so much with his injuries and then they, they had to suffer another season end, ending injury like that it, you know it, it was that it was hard that was that was, was tough um you know but, but then you know but then you, you, you got to keep keep going and, and and keep playing and um you know we were Fortunate to have a you know a pretty you know fairly successful season. We ended up with nine wins, um, but uh, you know I, I think that the, just I, one of the lessons I learned is that you just you never know how things are going to play out, and so you just got to make the most of of every opportunity you get. Um, you know, just in, enjoy the the experience, and and, and that, that that freshman season was 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 a you know great team, great camaraderie, great great guys, and you know so still some of those guys on that team are still some some of my closest friends, and um, you know that was a it was a, a fun year and a really good opportunity to to go to you know to get get home and to fulfill that lifelong dream of of playing for BYU
0: and that first season of yours saw you set pretty much every meaningful freshman quarterback record there was at BYU as you mentioned nine wins it was a nine and four year had kind of was kind of a surreal start for you and kind of a surreal finish too I know you would have loved to complete the comeback and it was a crazy comeback against Utah in that bowl game.
2: Yeah, that was a t- that was a tough one. We, you know, definitely didn't get off to the start that we that we'd hoped, and and you know, it was it was a, a weird nightmare type of start. I it, it felt like a bad dream. I, it almost didn't feel real. Um, but I, you know, I was I've always been proud of our team and you know, the way we we kept fighting and never gave up, and and you know, finished the game really strong. It, it was it was frustrating to not to not finish with a victory. Um, you know, for multiple reasons. One, it's a bowl game. Two, it's the it's rivalry game, and so that, that you know that one hurt, that one stung. Um, but uh, you know, I think it 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 uh it definitely you know it 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 taught us it taught us lessons of just that we're never out of it, and it, it, no matter how down you might be, it's never over till it's over, and you just got to keep fighting till the right. end.
0: Now you knew that uh, once Taysom Hill was healthy, he'd start again in 2016. What was your approach to that 2016 season, which is now Kalani Sitake's uh, first season as head coach?
2: Yeah, that, that was you know that was a unique a unique year for me. I um, you know a lot of different personal challenges that I started to deal with. I, I, I started struggling. Um, you know, just started dealing with a lot of anxiety, and then that kind of transformed into a little bit of depression. And you know, so it was really struggling personally, and 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 then you know, competitively, it was it was tough going from starting uh, that you know that whole 2015 season, and then and then going back to being a backup. Um, you know, it wasn't easy just as as a competitor. You you want to play, you want to be out there on the field, you mm-hmm. want to do you know what you can to help your team win, and 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 uh, you know, Taysom rightfully earned the job. And, and, and I, you know, I, I obviously accepted that and I was, uh, um, was always, uh, you know, a, a good teammate and and was never going to let, let that change. Um, you know, my, my attitude as a, as, as a teammate and as a player, but it, but it doesn't mean that it was easy. Uh, it, it definitely had its challenges and was, it was, was tough as a competitor, but, um, you know, I, I, like kind of that, uh, just kind of that, almost in, in a way, that same mentality as the previous year. That I wanted to be ready each and every week. You know, be prepared physically, mentally, making sure that I was ready to go. And um, but you know, fortunately, Taysom stayed healthy pretty much the whole year up until you know the last game. Um, you know, we had you know another pretty successful season. You know, another nine-win season. And you know, but but it had it it had its challenges, and it, it wasn't always easy. But, uh, you know, I really tried to be the best teammate that I could and, and be the best backup quarterback that I could.
0: As you noted, he did get hurt in the uh, 2016 regular season finale his senior year. So you started and BYU won uh, that Poinsettia Bowl in, in soggy San Diego that night.
2: Yes, it, it was <laughs> it was a very wet San Diego night. But uh, fortunately, we had an amazing offensive line and a great running back in Jamal Williams who – who uh, carried the load and uh, led us to victory. It made made my my job pretty easy. Uh, But it it felt good to get that that win and finish that season with the victory.
0: All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, Tanner takes over again as the Cougars starting quarterback and takes a personal initiative public. As my conversation with Tanner Mangum continues here on Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel, you're listening to us on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, byuradio.org, and the BYU Radio app.
1: Welcome back to Behind the Mic, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Here's your host, Greg Rubell.
0: We are visiting tonight with former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum, getting ready for the BYU Pro Day in about a month. And as our conversation continues... Uh, you're getting ready for your junior season as a starter again in 2017 as we talk. And in the lead up to that season, you decided to go public with something generally quite private and it concerned mental health. Uh, what went into your decision to become an advocate in that area?
2: Yeah, so I, like I mentioned briefly earlier in the interview, uh, you know, in 2016, I, I started struggling with some anxiety and depression. And uh, with with the help and the encouragement of my family and, and friends, I, I I got treatment. I went and saw help, and I started visiting with a counselor, got on some medication, and and started you know taking my mental health seriously and kind of getting it trying you know get, trying to get it right and and um, you know really trying to just get some treatment for it. And I was able to, I was able to really learn a lot about it, and I was able to get. The help that I needed, and was able to um, feel better and feel and feel more myself again. And and so in the spring of 2017, when I felt like I was in a good place, I felt like I was in a good place mentally, uh, personally. I was inspired by a lot of the stories being shared during BYU's Mental Health Awareness Month in April of 2017. And, and it, something was just kind of eating at me. It was just kind of, I kind of felt um, like. It, like it, it was important for me to use my platform as a BYU quarterback to to speak on behalf of of an important cause, to so to raise my voice and and um, use that opportunity to reach others, to to impact others. And so I I you know I just I felt strongly that you know if I were to if I were um, you know if, if I could share my story and share my experiences and let people know that that they weren't alone you know that I that I got help and and that I wanted to encourage others to get that help. I felt so much better and um, after you know seeing a therapist, getting treatment and and I wanted others to uh to know that they could get that too, that they that they that they had resources available to them. And uh I just I wanted to make an impact and in, 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 in on the community and reach out to those who were who were struggling. And so sharing my story was was uh you know a little bit intimidating but I I just felt like it was the right thing to do. I felt like it was an important thing to do for me personally. And I uh you know the the the, the feedback was was amazing. There's so much positive feedback, great uh this countless messages from people on social media. Uh you know it led to interviews, stories, articles and I felt like the uh, the outreach was was tremendous and and something that I'm really appreciative of and, and proud of being able to to help others and and reach out to others and even if it helps just one person, it was worth it and I think it's been um, I think it's been a really important cause that I that I still am, am proud to stand up for and a cause that I still want to continue fighting for in the future.
0: On the field, how do you look back on the 2017 season that that didn't go the way you or the team hoped and then it ended early for you too uh due to a pretty serious injury?
2: Yeah, that was a hard season. Uh for multiple reasons. Obviously, we we didn't play as well as we as we expected as a team. We we fell short of expectations and and that was frustrating because we worked really hard. Uh we 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 put in work and we had high hopes for ourselves and we we didn't reach those and and that was that was tough. To deal with, and then obviously dealing with injuries is, is never fun. It's it's discouraging, and it's um it's a frustrating part of the game. And I I dealt with a couple. I had the high ankle sprain that forced me to miss a couple of games earlier in the year, and then had to kind of play through that. You know, it still limited me, and I was a little bit hampered by that injury throughout the rest of the season. And then in the Fresno State game, I had to deal with the ruptured Achilles, mm-hmm. and some, something that I had never really thought would ever happen to me. It's one of those injuries that you always hear about that you think that you're immune from, <laughs> but <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I wasn't in the best shape that I, that I should have been in. I, I, I was, you know, and then also just, um, you know, just just, wasn't, uh, taking care of my body the way I should have. And, and I think that those are some of the, some of the, uh, the factors leading, leading to, to that injury. And so I was really frustrated with with myself, uh, disappointed in, and how we, and how we performed and how I performed. I knew I, it wasn't, uh, i wasn 't playing my best football and i wasn't wasn 't being the best quarterback that I knew i could have been and so I, you know I, I I had to learn from that I had to learn from that experience and and then i I just tried to channel it into motivation to to get back healthy, strong better new, and improved for the 2018 season and so I think that 2017 season as as, as difficult as it was it it gave me a lot of motivation and, and into that next off season
0: and you battled to get ready for that 2018 season, your senior year. And there were some ups and downs in the first half of the year, but certainly it was highlighted by that huge win at nationally ranked Wisconsin. So as it turns out, Tanner, uh, two of your top college memories probably come on the road in Big Ten country.
2: Yep, uh, both against red and white teams. Yeah. I, I remember and we were wearing the same jersey, too, the white jersey with the blue pants. I, was, I remember feeling that way after, after the Nebraska game. It had a kind of similar... A similar feel to that Nebraska game, just being in Big Ten country, the the, the fans, the environment, um, being on the road, and, and you know that that, that that win for us was very monumental as, as a BYU program, and something that I'm proud to be a part of. And our 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 team played played so well. Our defense played lights out, and. And uh, that was a great win to be a part of.
0: You were the mentor for a freshman quarterback in Zach Wilson who got his first start of the season midseason. He started the rest of the year, but then you took the final snaps of the year in the bowl game. What do you share with people about how that that switch decision was made and then how you internalized it? And then how important was it for you to be the teammate that you would want to have if the shoe was on the other foot? Yeah,
2: it was was very difficult. It it was very... um, you know, it, it, it personally, uh, hard time. Yeah, you, know, you know, I I I felt like you know, it, it just it it was it was it was hard. It was, it was it was you know, frustrating, um, and it it wasn't it wasn't easy to deal with. But I think just uh, just part of my personality, my my character, I I just I didn't I didn't want to let it. Turned me into a, a bad, a bad teammate, a, 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 a mean person. Um, I didn't want it to harden me. I didn't want it to, to change who I was. And so you know, I think you know I was I was fortunate to serve as team captain for for, for those last two seasons, 2017 and 2018. And I just felt this responsibility that as as a leader, as a captain. I, I needed to set. The, set an example. And so even though it was hard for me personally, I wanted to make sure that I was still the best teammate that I could be. And, and I wanted to, to help Zach and be there for him and, 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 um, you know, keep watching film with him and, and talking through things with him. you know, on the practice field, on the game field, game field, on the sidelines, talking through things, you know, looking at coverages, making sure that we're on the same page, and 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 Zach and i were were roommates on the weekends and our in our hotel team hotels and um you know maintained maintained a good relationship mm-hmm. and i and I think I don't know it's just, it's just I, I just feel like it's it's an important lesson that i that I learned that despite tra- despite um like fresh, frustrating situations you still have to be um the best, the best person that that you can be. Uh, that you, just, you want to make sure that you you treat others with, with kindness and respect, and um, and not not let uh, frustrating uh, issues totally derail your 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 character or your, your personality. Wow. And so it was, you know, a, a great learning experience for sure.
0: Was was it a little bit cool though, at the very very end to wrap it up back home <laughs> on a field that you knew pretty well?
2: It was. It kind of came full circle because my my first ever official football experience when I was a kid was on the blue turf. Mm-hmm. We had a like our, our little league opening weekend. They always had a had you. They had you, the flag football teams play on the blue turf, <laughs> and so that was that was my first game, and then my last game uh, as, as, in my college career was on that same field. And so, pretty surreal moment to be back home and and uh you know with 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 family there and it, it was cool and but more importantly um you know just finishing with a victory that 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 always feels good and just to be able to finish the season with a win and uh last pass was completed Ho- you know I, I was hoping for one more yard from uh from Dylan on that uh on that last the, the last the last pass you know if, funnily enough I, I actually started thinking about it um my first touchdown pass was the, was the hail mary against Nebraska, and that was 42 yards on a on down the right side, and that last pass to Dylan ended up being 41 yards down to the one, <laughs> so
0: one yard been, shy from being the one, same. One,
2: one yard more would have been another 42 yards. Oh, the first and the last, but but uh, you know it was it was fun to be able to to finish that out, and um, you know obviously it was a little bittersweet. You know, it, 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 like I said before, you know, it didn't. Being, but not, not being able to, to finish out the season as a starter, it, you know, it wasn't how I planned it. It wasn't how I expected it, and, and so that was hard. But um, happy that I was able to finish strong on you know, in those those last moments.
0: Finally, Tanner, how do you feel about the future of BYU football?
2: I think the, the sky's the limit. Uh, I think it's 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 heading in the right direction. Obviously, talented quarterback coming back. Um, a lot of a lot of talented, skilled players coming back. You know, a lot, a lot of, and then also uh, the, the, the the coaching staff is making making adjustments, making changes, and with the schedule that we have, the schedule that we play, it's it's we have so many opportunities to be on the biggest stages, playing the best teams, and so you know what, such such a great opportunity to to show who we are as a team, as a program, and and. Um, and it's, it's 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 exciting to be a part of, and I think um, whatever whatever happens, it's it's an amazing opportunity to be able to play those teams in that in that kind of schedule, and so I'm, I'm excited to see how how things play out in the future.
0: Well, Tanner, I know that Cougar Nation very fond of you, respects you, and everything that you've both been through and given to BYU uh, as a player and a student athlete. And personally, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and some members of your family over these last number of years. Uh, you've always been uh, just the epitome of class, and I wish you all the best in your training and preparation for Pro Day. All the best to you. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. All right, that's Tanner Mangum. My guest has been former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. When Behind the Mic with Greg Grubell continues, it's a conversation with former BYU linebacker Cameron Jensen. Stay with us here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, byuradio.org, and the BYU Radio app.
1: You're listening to Behind the Mic with Greg Rubell, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Welcome back to Behind the Mic, and this evening's Catching Up with the Cougars segment presented by BYU Alumni. Want to help BYU students, but you don't know how? You can with BYU Alumni Chapters. Find the chapter that fits you at alumni.byu.edu slash chapters. And tonight, It's a conversation with former BYU linebacker Cameron Jensen. Born and raised in bountiful Utah, Cam was a state player of the year before becoming one of the last football players to go through the program at Ricks College. Following a church mission to Russia, Cam came back to multiple Division I offers but chose to play for BYU. After a redshirt season and an impressive sophomore campaign in 2004, BYU changed head coaches, and over the next two seasons, Cameron Jensen became one of Bronco Mendenhall's most trusted and reliable defensive players, a top-tackling middle linebacker and two-time team captain who deservedly earned the nickname of the General Since the year 2000, when defensive stats became official in the NCAA, Cameron Jensen ranks in the BYU top five in career tackles and solo tackles and in only three seasons of competition. He was a three-time All-Mountain West Conference honoree, including a first-team selection in 2006. He played in 35 of 36 possible games at BYU. And since his collegiate and pro careers concluded, he's gone on to become a successful businessman with a constant thirst for adventure and accomplishment. It is a pleasure to welcome Cameron Jensen into Studio 2 where he joins me tonight behind the mic. Hello, Cam. Hey, Greg. Great to be here.
3: Good to it's have, good have to you. be part of the show.
0: So your dad was a former Utah yeah. student-athlete, and your mom was a former Cougarette, and you grew up then closer to the U than BYU geographically, so where did your childhood loyalties lie?
3: Oh, I, I hate to say this. I can't believe I'm going to say it publicly, but it was definitely <laughs> Utah. My dad was a Crimson Club member. He played uh, basketball and baseball at the University of Utah, so we grew up going to all those basketball games, but my mom was a Cougarette at BYU, so it was so fun to hear my parents every year, that rivalry was part of our family. They would joke, they would tease, they would make bets. And so it was really fun growing up in that atmosphere. And, but my dad, I mean, obviously I, I worshiped my dad and and he was a Ute and going to all those Ute games, I'd say I grew up a a Utah fan for the most part. But, uh, yeah, I was, it's, it was fun in that family seeing my mom and dad constantly battle that, that, that game.
0: You were a bountiful brave. Coming out of Bountiful High School, uh, did you think you were D1 ready, or did you need uh, the Ricks experience and then a mission physically to fully prepare you for the next level?
3: Yeah, that was a unique situation. I didn't have any older brothers or anyone to really walk me through. There hadn't been too many people from Bountiful that that, that played Division One, So I, I questioned myself. Could I? Could I not? But there was one thing when I went and played in the All-State game and saw people that were getting offers that gave me a lot of confidence. I'm like, I can play. I can do this. Um. You know, I had a few offers out of high school. Utah State was one. That was really the only major offer other than the Ricks and uh, Dixie at the time. But I felt like I could play at a big Division one level. So that's why I went to Ricks, is that I'd play one year before my mission, hopefully get some tape, and then uh, then play. And so I went up there, had a good year. But when I went on my mission, I didn't know if I was going to play football again. It Ricks was losing their program. I kind of knew that my dad was putting together a tape to to send out, but I really didn't know. I went out going, I, I probably that might be my last football game. But I remember I got a call from my mission president on my mission saying, "Hey, Cameron, you need to talk to your dad. You have to choose five schools to go on your recruiting trip." You know, I got back in June and camp was starting. I I, I had to make decisions quick, and so
0: now is this off of what your dad did basically? Yeah,
3: yeah I owe my dad a lot. I, I mean, my whole football career was because my dad made a highlight film of my Ricks and Bountiful years, sent it out all on his own. Did it all himself. While you're serving. While I'm serving. (laughs) And then called me up and said, Cameron, there's been a lot of interest on your tape. You have to decide on which five schools you want to go to.
0: And now you've got some bigger names involved including yeah. Oklahoma, that I understand was pretty close to getting you.
3: Yeah, there was there was a list, and so I chose Oklahoma as one of them. And you can't go there and just how they did the recruiting. They had just played for a national championship the year before, and just the stadium and everything. That co- Coach Stoops, sitting in his office, this guy that you've known, you've heard this name, and you're sitting right next to him. And that was uh, that was a really tough decision. It came down to Oklahoma and BYU, and, and I had chose Oklahoma in my mind once I'd left, but there were just some things when you – Thought about it, not to get too too deep, but praying about it and that where I felt BYU. There was more to the college experience than just football. And I ended up going to BYU, which was the best, best decision I ever made. So
0: you had a confirmation this was a place you should be?
3: Yeah, it was tough. I remember thinking about it. It took a long time to accept to be like, no, like Oklahoma, like the- – it's, I for some reason I grew up always wanting to go out of state. I wanted to go play out of state. And mm. I had that opportunity in Oklahoma, great program. I had a great recruiting trip there. I met a lot of the players. It just seemed to really So that was really hard to accept. I remember talking to my parents like I feel I need to get, go to BYU, but like I just I want to go to Oklahoma. You know, it was such a good opportunity and but definitely the minute I made that decision, it was never looking back and I, the experience I had at BYU on and off the field, that you, yeah, it was definitely the best.
0: Your, fir- your first year post mission is 2003. It ends up being a redshirt season for you. Um, what went into the redshirt? Yeah. What, what decided? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
3: I got back, Greg. I, I got back off my mission and I was in pads in a couple weeks. It was that quick. I mean, it maybe three or four weeks and I wasn't ready. I remember people would touch me. I'd fall down after mission. <laughs> I don't know how these missionaries do it now. It seems like they're player ready the minute they get back. It took me a whole year. To get to where I felt. I just was in no shape or form ready to get back on the field. And so luckily that was decided even before that I was going to redshirt that year. And just get my body
0: back in shape. But you knew who your coaches were, and your defensive coordinator was going to be Bronco Mendenhall. First impressions of Bronco. Oh, that was one reason why it kind of made it easier. I
3: sat down in that film room with him on my recruiting trip to BYU, and you just walk away going, I want to play for this guy. There was just something that I, I felt really connected with his coaching style. I felt like, man, I want to play for a guy that's going to demand so much from me and everyone else I'm with. You just saw, and he was just very to the point. Bronco's Bronco, and I can see why there's some players that really respond well to that and some that didn't. I just loved his, you know, I never looked at his coach as someone that needed to be my best friend. I wanted somebody that would push me on the field. Mm. And I knew that guy. I'm like, I'd go to battle for him because I know he'll give everything and, and push me and push the rest of the team. So that was a special, that recruiting trip, sitting down with him, on about a 15-20 minute film study yeah. of, of the defense, what he's run,
0: won me over to a big degree. So 03 is a redshirt year for you. It ends 4-8. and eight. Uh, Your sophomore season, you're finally on the field now, and that's another sub-500 season. It goes 5-6, and, and 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 you go into the final game of the year needing a win for a winning record, and you At end Utah. up losing to Utah 52-21. You guys finish 5-6. and six. It ends up being Gary Croton's final game.
3: Yeah, there's a few, there's few memories that I look back that, that it seems like yesterday. And that game when we lost to Utah, because I was tough. I grew up, I obviously in that rivalry, it felt I wanted to win. I felt like we had a good enough team, even though we'd struggled that year. That was a great Utah team. But I remember after the year, the celebration, them throwing the Tostitos on the, the field. I sat out, I sat out there for a long time outside the locker room and just picturing the future that I wanted at BYU. And it was great to have players like John Beck, where we talked after that game, saying, John, this is not happening again. We're not going up to that field. We're not going to lose. We're going to be competitive. We're not having a season that's ending without a bowl game. And as as hard as that was, there was nothing that could have motivated us to say, man, it changes. And it starts with us. And we took ownership. Like, whoever the coach is, whatever happens, uh, we have more ownership than we want to realize. Let's Let's start impacting this team. And, and so I, I still remember sitting out in the locker room, seeing that like it was yesterday, saying this isn't happening again.
0: Did you sense a change was coming, even though it would be a little while until they actually formally did it? Did you did you think there's a good chance we're going to have a new coach? I think everyone in that locker room knew. Yeah. I, even a
3: win or lose, we felt, you know, if we won, maybe. But it, when we lost, we knew there was going to no. be a change. We didn't know who it was going to be. There was... But we knew at that point there was going to be a change. Yeah, there was no doubt. Everybody knew that.
0: Okay. Time for a short break. Uh, when we come back, a coaching change at the top elevates uh, Bronco Mendenhall from Cameron's coordinator to the head job. When Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel continues, we're live here in Studio 2 on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, byuradio.org, and the BYU Radio app. More with Cam right after this.
1: Welcome back to Behind the Mic, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Here's your host, Craig Rubel.
0: Back on Behind the Mic, visiting with former BYU linebacker, two-time team captain, and first-team all-conference selection, Cameron Jensen. So before the break, we talked about the end of the 2004 season, how a coaching change was forthcoming. Coaching change came, and Bronco Mendenhall went from defensive coordinator to head coach. In the coaching change, as you look back on that time, what changed most
3: oh there was so much that was going on in that in that locker room. I remember there was so much discussions who 's it going to be? There was Kyle Whittingham and then Bronco thought he was leaving, and then I 'm think, gosh am I going to play without bronco that 's why I came here <laughs> and that locker room was so unique, but uh, as far as what's changed when when Mendenhall became head coach, I mean, there, was, there were still a lot of players. I mean, there was a divided locker room. There were some that were thinking Coach Reynolds would be the head coach. And so, but just to see how Coach Mendenhall went from a program where I'd say there was a lack of discipline and, and, and effort at times where he said, we're changing that. And it was a simple thing as I remember touching a line that where we were out there running gassers and. If someone didn't touch a line, we did it all over. And we were out there for hours. And, and just a simple mindset of that, we're going to touch the line and finish. And and he was in the consistency on a day-to-day basis that he brought is what we need. College athletes need that consistency and to be held accountable. And he did that to us. And and it started to just it, it, eventually and slowly that team started to come together. But just Bronco, how he did it, his mindset from day one, I mean, it was, it was a Different, different feeling the minute he became head coach.
0: You mentioned early and what you just said, the word division. And from what I understand, mostly by design, there was a division between sides of the ball at BYU between offense and defense. Can you hearken back to that, what I'm talking about, and then how important it was for Bronco, who was part of that, if you will, philosophy of division to now have to unify a team?
3: Yeah, it was so unique when I got there. It was almost like you didn't like the offense. You didn't. You didn't associate it with them. You never sat with them. It was you were just so tight with your defensive unit, and that was a big. We were very divisive, the offense and defense. And that was one thing he changed. One of the first things he did was we changed locker rooms. Where I was locker next to John Beck and locker next to Daniel Coates where you, that just never happened. You didn't spend, And then your lifting group, you're lifting with offensive players. Eddie Kill, Daniel Coates was in my lifting group. And so you started to just, it wasn't here's your defensive linebacker group that you're lifting with. It was um, you're with, lifting with offensive players. And that plays a big role when you're starting to do that and, and a whole design element change. Just a simple thing like that leads to so many different outcomes of, hey, we're all in this together. We're a team. And you start to get to know the
0: guys on the other side of the ball, which, frankly, we hadn't really known you 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 mentioned before the break that uh when the 2004 season ended you said with john I think it was with john mm-hmm. we're not we're not ending a season without a bowl game anymore and in 2005 byu does qualify for its first bowl game in 4 years and i seem to remember that it was at wyoming that it was clinched is that, is that the recollection you have? Yeah. There was there might have been a celebration, I think it was to get to 6-4 and four and know right. that you'd be playing in the postseason somewhere. You're in Laramie, it's getting late in the season, probably a chilly night, and you know that you've done something to get you back in the postseason for the first time in a while.
3: Yeah, that was a special memory. That I mean, it was a cold. Those games in Laramie, you don't forget for the cold. But just I remember in the locker room, because you see that game, that Wyoming game, but the work that went into that, and to be the years where... We weren't going to a bowl game. And just to see all those little things that led to that moment, all the hard work, all the building of the team chemistry, and then to see it pay off and to celebrate with those people that you've spent so many hours with in the weight room, in the coaching with the film room, and to say, this was a huge goal of ours, that we're going to a bowl game, and to see that pay off. That's a, I still remember those discussions and, and even Bronco Mendenhall, his – you know, the things he said and just celebrating with your teammates at that moment.
0: Now, it's a series of steps. Step one was qualify for the bowl game. Um, Step two was defeat Utah again. And the next step was then win a bowl game. And those things all didn't happen in 2005 because Utah came into your place and beat you guys in overtime. And then you went to Vegas and Cal with Marshawn Lynch uh, got you. Deshaun Jackson, and, and yeah, Deshaun, that was a yeah. good team. But
3: yeah, I mean, that wasn't, we didn't end the year the way we wanted. Or you could say we did with a bowl game, but still, we wanted to beat Utah. That was a big goal and then to go to a bowl game. So it did, it didn't happen all at once, but, uh, that was definitely going into the next year those things we wanted to accomplish and not leave undone, especially our senior
0: year. Yeah, so so it is your yeah. senior year now in two thousand six, and 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 yes, it was an it was an impressive defensive year, and I'll get to an, uh, some of the numbers in a second. But but the collection of offensive talent that BYU had, kind of maybe peaking almost in two thousand six, was pretty phenomenal, wasn't it? Oh, to watch those guys and just the execution of them. I, I mean, I
3: played against them day in and day out. It wasn't a very Uh, I mean, everybody knew offensively. I went to the bowl game. I forget what it was called. It was like some one of those after-season bowl games in Texas, like Texas versus Nation. And I remember talking to some TCU players, and they're like, man, we knew everything you guys were doing offensively. We knew every play you were going to do, we still couldn't stop you. Hmm. And it was a very simple offense, but it was so well executed, and, and they had so many. John was so good at reading what the defense was doing. I mean, it, it it was fun to see those guys with Johnny Harlan and then the offensive line, the offensive line oh, going against those guys every day in practice. Wow. They were the best offensive line we faced. And, and just that offensive line and how they executed and how John was so good at reading was fun to watch. It was fun. I was at the sideline. I was always one. I wanted to watch those guys play because it was so fun seeing them execute
0: so well. Everything you just talked about was encapsulated in the play that wins the Utah game in 2006, right, though? That offensive line giving John the time he needs, John Mm. being able to get all the way across the field on his own, and then end the game the way he did. Uh, It's a storybook as it gets when it comes to you playing your final regular season college game up on the hill.
3: Yeah, a little bittersweet for me, Greg. We joked about it. I mean, it was hard that uh, we had a chance to clinch it defensively, and you want to do that. You (laughs) don't want to leave it up to your offense with a minute and 20 seconds or whatever it was to make that final drive where they went down and scored, and and we we got them to fourth down. I think it was twice on that drive, and we couldn't stop them. But still, I don't want to take away from the fact seeing what John did in that drive where we converted multiple fourth downs, Mm -hmm. and then to see that play and be part of it, it still seems like, was that real? Did that really happen up there to where you're in that situation and to be like, oh, but to see John convert in such a similar play to the year before down in Lavelle where we didn't convert in overtime against them, but to see it win like that, wow, that's – uh, nobody can take that
0: away. So to have your final regular season game and a game against Utah end that way and then to play your final college game in a bowl game, defeat a Pac-12 team and and, and, and get past Oregon to end it was also just kind of, again, a step-by-step uh, confirmation of it can all work out.
3: Yeah, and it was unique. That was against Coach Croton when he was offensive coordinator at Oregon. But I felt that towards the end of that year, I don't think we could have lost anybody. I mean, that's how we felt. Offense was so good. And defensively, we were so sound and such a unique chemistry, um, where man, we were clicking on all cylinders. It took, long, you know, there were two games earlier in the year that we, would, you know, that that still. You know, but towards the end of the year, man, that was a special time on that team, offensively and defensively. And we went into Oregon, and we were just, man, we were ready. There's no way we were losing that game.
0: It lights out. And as much yeah. uh, attention as the offense gets, that defense that year was 10th nationally in points per game allowed. Yeah, and, and you can you can take a look at any metric you want. That's the Ultimately, one. That matters. A, 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 any coach points per game. Yeah. yeah,
3: it was just such a chemistry. I wouldn't say. I mean, we had a good linebacker core. Obviously, Brian killed Nixon phenomenal but it was more just we really were a sound and played off each other that was a group we had played together for a long time we had a lot of experience what made it great was just everyone was such a competitor and everyone did their job it was a really I wouldn't say blown away with talent that defense but man we did our job what did you see for yourself at the next level when you finished at BYU? Yeah, you know, it was I, – I probably was different than most, Greg. I never had a dream to play in the NFL. I'll be the first to admit it. I loved college football growing up. I wanted to play college. So it was that time, like, do I want to do this? I always wanted some business pursuits that I, I always felt excited about. And so it was never something like I was NFL or um, that was the end result or that I wanted. But I still, I, I wanted to see what I could do. And so – uh I did give it a shot, ended up making the Seattle practice squad, and, but then decided, look, I don't want to keep doing this. Uh, it's time for me to, to move on, and so I actually told them after the year that I wouldn't come back the next year. Who knows? I could have been cut whenever, but I said that, and it was time to move on. And so I played as long as I wanted. I had no regrets there. It was time for me to move on. I
0: wanted to do other things. Let's take a minute then for your business career and yeah. uh, let folks know where you've been and what you've been doing uh, in that realm.
3: Yeah, so I, it kind of came from football. I, I graduated in organizational behavior. There was a consultant that worked with Coach Mendenhall and worked with us as a leadership team, and it had a huge impact on me. I, I, I loved the strategy of football. I mean, I loved more the film study. Um, I loved that aspect of it, and so to kind of relate that in business, the organizational behavior, kind of that strategy, and seeing where he'd come in and talk about you know, organizations are perfectly designed to get the results they get. And, and so I worked with him and said, I want to go into this. And so I graduated in that and started working in multiple capacities in that organizational design field, which is kind of what I've been doing ever since. Some has been as a CEO of a company, some it's in different departments, but it always comes back to that organizational design. I love creating great atmospheres for people to develop um, and developing people is so, I'm so passionate about that. So it kind of brings all those together
0: that I enjoy. You care to mention the current company you're, you're associated with? Yeah, Savvy. Yeah,
3: Savvy. So I left Newbie, kind of left for a while in this group. It was too good to. opportunity to pass up love the team and so it's so fun i love that early stage startup the grind the fight is similar to the 2004-05 season <laughs> that turning around that hey we're starting new we're going to build a foundation and really grow so i just love that early stage that fight that grind of a couple all these guys coming together and just working on the same goal
0: little less than a minute for you yeah. then on the uh, thoughts uh of byu football and its future right now
3: oh i i'm so excited i look at what C-
0: coach grimes did
3: this year Exceeded my expectations for a first-year coordinator, Greg. You've seen first-year coordinators come; it's difficult. A I shoot. saw it yeah. now; it can be a crapshoot. And yeah. so, I love what they're doing offensively. I love this coaching staff and Zach Wilson, the potential he has, the mindset he has. I'm really excited for him. The offense—I always look offensive line, quarterback. Those two, I love who we have with MP, Brady Christensen. All the longs. I just our offensive line and Zach Wilson. There's a few things we just, you know, we need to be more vertical down the field. Defensively, we need to make quarterbacks more uncomfortable but we get a few of those things man i'm excited
0: just a word about the defense maybe a word about the defense yeah (laughs) i love these guys
3: (laughs) isaiah kafusi was a big surprise for me this year i'm excited for him coming back talkie talkie played extremely well but when you just talk about this defense and the improvements they made from the year prior to this year there's so many where you can look at but then you say we have zane anderson back um devin kafusi all these guys were man i'm excited
0: All right. Cam, great to have you in tonight. We could talk more. I could talk BYU all day, Greg. (laughs) My interview with Cameron Jensen tonight's Catching Up with the Cougar segment brought to you by BYU Alumni. BYU Alumni chapters help students in need and spread the influence of the Y around the world. Stay connected for good and find your chapter at alumni.byu.edu slash chapters. Thanks again to Cameron Jensen. I'm back to wrap up tonight's show right after this. Well, thanks for joining us on Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel this Wednesday, February 27th. And thanks to my guests this evening, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum and former BYU linebacker Cameron Jensen. On next week's show, on our Behind the Mic finale, my guest is BYU head coach Dave Rose for the full hour. My thanks tonight to coordinating producer Terry South, production assistance from Cole Wissinger. Thanks as well to intern Tess Anderson. For Terry and Cole and Tess, my name is Greg Grubel. And I thank you for joining me Behind the Mic on BYU Radio. You've been listening to us on Sirius XM 143, byuradio.org, the BYU Radio app and the Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel podcast. Until next Wednesday night, good night and go Cougars!